Welcome to the show. I'm Brad Johnson, and this is the Do Business, Do Life podcast. I believe in the and approach to life and business instead of the either or. This show is my attempt to help financial advisors create unlimited growth and freedom in their life and their business through wide-ranging conversations with some of the most brilliant and interesting people on the planet. We refer to this mission as DBDL, doing business and doing life. What's up, DBDL fan? Today, Brad's going to be talking with Triad members and the husband and wife power duo, David and Chrissy Aframi, the founder and COO at BAM Advisory Group. 2018, BAM Advisory Group gathered $17 million in new assets with David as the sole producer and the founder. And in 2023, the team is on pace to bring in north of $60 million in new assets, hit $100 million in AUM, and just got done hiring their ninth and 10th team members. So in this episode, David and Chrissy are going to lay out the blueprint for their exponential growth. You're going to hear strategies for crafting distinct brand messaging that resonates with prospects, how to run a business with your spouse, and how to ditch the advisor-in-charge model that's preventing you from scaling. Okay. So before we get to the show, we've got something super special lined up for GBDL listeners. We're going to open up three 30-minute one-on-one coaching calls with Brad. So in order to grab one of those three slots, you're going to step one, text the word coaching to 785-800-3235. That's the DBDL Insider phone number. It's also listed in the show notes. We'll send you a link automatically back to apply for that coaching call. And if you want to achieve the type of growth that David and Christy have experienced, but you're just not sure of the roadmap of how to get here, this call is going to be your opportunity to tap into Brad's wisdom. As always, text message and data rates may apply. You can opt out of receiving text messages at any time by replying stop to any message you receive. Show notes that include links to all the resources, books mentioned, people discussed are available at bradleyjohnson.com forward slash 28, which is also going to have the link to apply for the coaching combo. If you are a DBDL insider, we're going to have a case study on their year-over-year growth at BAM Advisory Group. If you're not currently a member of the DBDL Insider Crew, where we send a weekly newsletter for doing business and doing life every Friday, you can also text the word DBDL to the phone number mentioned above and in the show notes, 785-800-3235. So as always, thanks for listening. David and Christy are the absolute best. Without further delay, Brad, David, and Christy Aframey. Welcome to another episode of Do Business, Do Life. Christy and David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, it's long overdue. And as I was preparing for today, you all have a really, I mean, you were an early triad member. I think before we were even public as a company, we kind of had a year of stealth mode. And it's just been so awesome to get to know you as a, as a couple as early triad members and just see the incredible evolution and growth that's happened in your business. So I'm really excited to dig in. But before we get to that, one of my favorite stories was how, I think it was at dinner the first time we met, (laughs) you really shared the uh, kind of the origin story of actually even getting into this business. And you guys have an interesting one. I think it all started with the direct mailer. I won't spoil it. So I'd love to just hear that. And I think it's always fun advisors to hear how, how you kind of got into this, this industry and how that came to be. Yeah, I think it was like 25 years ago. Really didn't have a career path at that time and found out we're having our first baby. So I got this mysterious recruiting letter in the mail by somebody that I never met. I actually, at the time I was a waiter. So actually I thought it was somebody that I impressed by, you know, waiting on them and gave them excellent customer service. So went in for the interview and they just said, Hey, you're going to, we're going to give you 20 leads a week and you're going to drive to people's homes and you're going to help them protect their homes. And I'm 
I'm like, we could do this. So at that time, Christy and I were living with her parents. We actually moved into their home in a converted uh, living room. And then from there, just, you know, I spent pretty much working 12 hours a day driving to people's homes all over the Bay Area in traffic. And then um, a few years later, moved out to Colorado to open up our own firm. And then 2008, 2009, the mortgage industry uh, collapsed. So our whole lead program just went down. And then that's when I decided that we wanted to, you know, do something more comprehensive. Christy, uh, so you're pregnant. And yeah. <laughs> David has, I'm just picturing the, uh, like the Willy Wonka's golden ticket that you pulled out of a, a direct mail piece for some reason. So, yeah. so what was your, what was your side of that, Christy? In that moment, David was all about like, oh my God, I'm going to be a dad and I'm working at a restaurant and I, I think I need a legitimate job. And I was like, I really didn't care in that moment. I'm like, we'll make it work, whatever. And, you know, no pressure. And he was just all about it. So he went to the interview and just, he's that guy, right? He's an eight. He made up his mind. He knew what he wanted. And it was like, it was a done deal. So I was not chill about being pregnant. I was freaking out, of course, but I was really calm about, well, what's going to happen next? I think I was freaking out about myself personally being pregnant, being a woman, mm-hmm. having that experience. But in terms of like the long term, it didn't bother me. So I don't know. Is that like a man woman thing? That was kind of what he carried. So yeah, he just went with it. And I I kind of do what I always did or I did what I always do, which I was like, all right, put my seatbelt on, let's go. <laughs> and for those listening in that are like he's an eight, don't I know we talked about the Enneagram a ton. So I was talking with David yeah. and Christy before we went live. So Christy's an Enneagram one, David's an Enneagram eight. And I'm sure we'll get into that here in a, in a bit and how, how that's helped not only the two of them as husband, wife, business partners, but also we were talking about how that's also become a team culture thing as well. So maybe I'm making this up, but wasn't there a part of this story that involved this magical golden ticket getting lost somewhere along the way? What what, what happened there? David was in the restaurant industry, as were quite a few of his friends, and we invited our family over to celebrate the fact that we were having a baby, even though we were totally nervous about the whole situation. So they were shucking clams. And I am definitely the type of person, I'm like, frame the note. You need to know all the information about the note. We can't lose the note. Let me take 10 pictures. In that moment, I had done none of that because I let David kind of roll with it and decide what he was going to do. So yeah, in the midst of that party and checking clams, the paper gets lost. And I think it was the next day that he came to me and I really freaked out, not so much for myself, but I knew previously how much he had spoke about how excited he was for the opportunity. I mean, I took pictures of him in his suit going to the, as he was preparing, like, what am I going to wear for the interview? I wish I had that picture. I would hold it up right now. Oh, we would put in the show notes a hundred percent if he did. So if so, you got it, send it, send it my way. Yeah, you got to pop it up. <laughs> so David can be very laid back in certain situations. And in that moment, he was like, eh, don't worry about it. You know, we'll find it. And I went into my full on like, no, we have to look for it right now. Like we're not doing anything until you look for that. So we're searching all over the place and, and we couldn't find it. And I just said, dude, go look in the garbage, go look in the garbage. It was basically in that brown sheet with all of the clam uh, shells or whatever. Yeah. And so 
He found it wrapped up in all that smelled like fish, put it in a Ziploc sandwich bag and kept it there until his interview. And the funny, not funny thing was in the moment that he was not really worried about it. He was like, well, I can look them up online or they'll probably be online. We'll find them. The company at that time didn't even have an online presence. So that wouldn't have been an option. So anyways, which is kind of funny, right? Which that there's your wow. right there. The dinosaurs, like that company didn't even have an online presence at that time. So yeah. Isn't it weird how these little moments in life, when you look backwards, just how monumental that little experience was and how that was a whole trajectory in both your all's life. Definitely. It's just, it's cool how that works. So, so for time horizon, because your oldest is 22. So this was, uh, what about right around 2000 ish. Yeah. It was like October of 2000. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got in this industry in 07. And I remember in 07, it was a big thing because we were building websites for financial advisors. That was an entire creative department was just build them websites. They need websites. So, hey, I I don't think the firm that you started out at was too far behind because I know that was still a thing in 07. Seven years later. Uh, Okay, cool. So let's go to, uh, I think one of the things I just love about this industry is the early grind that almost everyone experiences. And to me, it's those character building years where you realize the grind, the hard work it takes, and then obviously also the impact you can make on people's financial lives. So let's go to young David in his his best suit and tie, going door to door, knocking on leads. Give, give me some, what, what were the learnings there? What was that like? I mean, you just really got to build and connect with people. I mean, you've got to find some type of commonality, some type of mutual what they're liking. You got people, you got to get people to like you and trust you in a very short amount of time because you're there for a specific reason. You're there to help, you know, you're obviously you're there to help people where, you know, at that time we were helping people protect the mortgage in case they were to die. But I'll tell you one thing I was, most of the guys that were coming in at that time were probably seven, six to seven years younger than me. I was 20, 27, 28 really was the first person having a, of the sales reps having a baby. So one thing I made sure, like if I didn't have enough appointments, I would stay. I mean, we worked seven days a week. I mean, we would phone call Saturday morning, Sunday night, and I wouldn't come home. And I'm a huge football fan. So I was missing Raiders football. It was actually the only time in my life that Raiders were actually good. And here I am. <laughs> this is the early 2000s with John Gruden. So here I am missing Raider uh, games. Who was that? Um, was that Rich Gannon? Who was your yeah, QB? Rich Gannon, Tim Brown, yeah. uh, even Jerry yeah. Rice at the end. So here I am missing Raider games because I put my career first, put what I was doing for my clients first, what I was doing for my own family first. And we, there was no, you're leaving at five, like our night, the sales started at five o'clock. So at five o'clock, we would drive an hour to two hours. I mean, there are times I, Christy would check in. She's like, how's your night? I think she was saying, did you make any sales? Cause we want to move out of our parents' house. And one time, like I didn't pick up the phone cause I was taking a nap in my car because we'd go, sometimes we drive to these people's homes and they would no show you. I mean, they you'd be literally knocking on the door. These are preset appointments, and you know they're in the house because all of a sudden the lights would turn off, and then I would just have to go take a nap in my car. And sometimes I wouldn't get home. I mean, I would spend from eight in the morning till eight or nine at night. Sometimes I'd come home going zero for four. And I'll tell you what, coming home, sitting in my car before I walked in the house because you know Chrissy's like, "How was your day?" But AKA, did you make any sales? 
It was tough, man. I, I wanted to quit probably 10 times. I just, I never did. Well, he would what? have a period of time when he would, he came home and I mean, David's a quick start guy. So he would be all excited about making sales. And then all of a sudden, like 60 days later, I'm like, dude, you made all these sales, but like, I don't mean to ask you about money, but, and then it would be like, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, what? Tell me. And he's like, well, I found out about something I didn't know before. There's this thing called a chargeback. Mm, <laughs> so he'd yeah. get excited about a big sale and then something would charge back. <laughs> so many. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Because here's what's cool about this show is you never know who's going to listen. So there's, there's the advisor that's just getting started out listening. There's the seasoned advisor. So if you go back to those, those formative years where you were just getting into this industry, I've got to connect. I've got to figure out how someone that literally is just meeting me, opening their, their front door, how I can get that personal connection. What was there a mentor that helped you out? Were there books you read? Because most, most that get into this industry don't make it past that stage. Like this is really hard. I went over four. No, thanks. I'm going to go back to waiting tables at the restaurant or, or whatever else is out there. What got you through that? What got me, I think, because at that time there wasn't really a lot of mentorship. I mean, yeah, they have sales meetings, they have scripts. It was really, if you've seen the, if you've seen the movie, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross slash Boiler Room, it had a lot of that. I think anyone that was in the business in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, we weren't really there. It was more of a transactional sale than what we do now is fulfilling a relationship. I think the thing that drove me the most was I didn't want to go back to being a waiter. And I'm like, okay, well, how am I going to have a life? I mean, I could build a business, but how am I going to have a life? What are they going to do? Come, you know, they're going to come visit me at the restaurant. So I just, I wasn't going to, I was so determined I wasn't going to fail. So I think pure, I think a little bit of luck and a lot of bit of grit and grind is what got me through that early stage. And it sounds, I remember a bit of that in my early days where I left behind the corporate job. I was just scared. I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to stay late. I'm going to make 10 extra calls. And I feel like there was probably a little bit of that driving you with the kiddo on the way, kind of burned the boats behind it, behind you, for lack of a better term. Was that part of it as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, raising a family, you know, making sure that you can, Christy and I always talk about, like, are we going to have enough money to raise our family? Are we going to be able to do all the things that we want to buy a house, you know, save for college. And the only way I saw that we could do that is by making in this industry. Hell hell or high water was kind of my motto at that time. Hmm. Okay. And Christy, feel free to chime in on any of this. I wasn't sure if I said or not. <laughs> you no, know, you've got full permission. And I think what's also cool, there's so many husband-wife teams in finance. There's so many family offices. I mean, like family offices, like literally family members working together, which creates all the benefits and challenges of that dynamic. So yeah, Christine, maybe, maybe we go to like kind of past the early grind and now maybe things are starting to come together. At what point did it kind of take that next inflection point where you're no longer going door to door? What did you kind of go to an office setup inside of this firm? Did you end up leaving this firm and doing your own thing? Where did that come to be? So what happened was within probably a year and a half, I, I went from uh, individual sales to managing a team. So at that, you had a hierarchy. So, you know, I would have, I would get to hire and trade, hire and train sales reps. So there would be additional revenue coming in. But then we moved out in 2005. That's when we moved out to Colorado and we built a whole office. So 
within two years of moving out here, I no longer was in the, you know, in the field is what we called it. And we, I had eight or nine sales reps. We had operations, you know, no one ever gave me a book on how to be an entrepreneur and how to build a business. We just did it by, again, sure, by grit and grind. I mean, I look at all the books that we read now and all the mentorship that you guys give us and, you know, mentors along the way. If I would have had a group like Triad with the mentorship and the vision and how to build a team and a culture, oh my gosh. I mean, it would probably, we'd be at a whole different level, but, you know, we feel like we're on that path now for sure. Well, I'm glad yeah. you're here. Yeah, me what, too. Thank you. <laughs> part of what took David out of the field when we moved to Colorado is that we were getting leads from doing mortgage leads. And so you never knew how many were going to come in. And what came into an office in California was largely different to what came in in the office in Colorado. And there were two mm-hmm. agents from the Fremont office that came out with us. And we only had enough leads to feed them. And, you know, in that moment, me not being a selfish person, but being concerned, like, oh my God, you know, we have a house, we have this business, we have an office lead, we have kids, we have all of these expenses. And David's like, I mean, they came out with me, like, I have to give them the leads first. So part of what took him out of the field, he was actually out of the field to a certain degree immediately because we didn't have the leads. And the leads were the only thing that dictated the sales. So there weren't a quiz funnel or in-person dinner seminars. In fact, we did our first in-person dinner seminar at, I think it was an office building. David, what was the food that we brought in? I don't even remember. (laughs) It was probably in like 2006 or 2007. What is that like? Oh, beef stroganoff. (laughs) Catered it in? Nice. (laughs) Yeah. That was probably a couple of years after we came in. That was like our first funny seminar moment, right? With like no leadership, no nothing. Somebody mentioning it and us being like, let's run a place and bring in some food. But yeah, that was kind of what the early years looked like in terms of him coming out of the field, which was really nerve wracking because at that point I'm like, well, what do you mean we're going to depend on the sales that they make only because we don't have a choice. But, you know, David, he's a glass half full kind of a guy. So he was like, we'll make it we'll make it. And again, I'm like, I have my seatbelt on. Okay, let's go. Hey, it seems like a theme that just kept working. So you just (laughs) got to repeat. So let's fast forward a little bit. And we went ahead and and pulled kind of your growth numbers. So I'm going to share these and then we can talk through them. So we'll kind of fast forward and we can maybe pull out of this when you all left and started your own firm. But if we look back just the last five years, 2018, 17 million of new assets gathered. David is the sole producer, sole advisor, three team members. Did those three team members include the two of you? Or was it three team members? Okay, so so basically the two of you and, and one additional team member. Yes. 2019, 18 mil, David still solo advisor, added a, a fourth, so we're at four team members. 2020, nice little jump there in a COVID year, which is pretty awesome. 31 mil, David still solo producing advisor, relationship advisor, did add a service advisor that year, still at four team members. 2021, 35 million of new assets gathered, still 100% of all the sales are going through David. Six team members, still one service advisor. 2022, we take a little, a little new approach. 39 mil of new assets. 
you're up to seven team members, but now only 90% of that production came through David. I say only 90%. It was a hundred before <laughs> that, right? So 90% through David. Uh, yeah, no, it's, you're not carrying all of the burden on your own shoulders. You add, I believe Max on the team. Uh, he, and that was the last six months and he's responsible for about 10% of production. Now, fast forward, we just talked about 2023 numbers. So keep in mind, 2022 was 39 mil, 2023 pacing for 60 mil. We sit here and record this about halfway through July. Added another 250K target life on top of that, which was a substantial jump from previous years. Pacing to add the ninth and 10th team member, actually, yeah, eighth, ninth, 10th team member this year. And I don't know if you have the numbers off the top of your head, percentage-wise, how much of that is flowing through David of that $60 million, how much through Max? You yeah. guys know off the top of your head? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Max is brought in by himself 25% of the production. And then another 25% is joint work, because sometimes Max will mm-hmm. say, I want you to come in to this meeting, because there's sometimes clients that have a lot. They don't put their exact assets on the white sheet, and they come in, they've got $3 million. Max happened to do the first. That's when he'll kind of rope me in. So, but he's brought in 25% of this year's production all by himself. And he ha- he now has his own service advisor. So that's been big too. Wow. Okay. So I wanted to just kind of get the lay of the land there. So the listeners could kind of see the growth trajectory. 17 mil just a few years back, over triple that pacing for 60 this year. Not all of the production just on David, the founder, the selling advisor brought in a, the next advisor as well. But there's also, if we just rewind before we get to these last five years, there was an inflection point there where like the model you described, the way I describe it is kind of the old school agency insurance hierarchy, you know, stack these team members underneath of you. And it's, I don't, this might not be politically correct, but it reminds me of like the multi-level marketing a little bit, you know? For sure. Is that fair? For and sure. I was so going to say like, the name, but... <laughs> And that's no no disrespect if anybody's out there in a model like that, but it's kind of like you bring in and then the ones that do well, they go up a notch and then you stack more and then maybe half of those make it half down and then you just continue this kind of thing where really the model that I've seen is closer to a firm, like in a law firm, if you look at that, where you've got the seasoned advisor that makes partner and then they bring in the new grad student, the law student that kind of earns their keep and then works their way up. But it's more of like a, a partnership and an evolution that way, as opposed to just stack a bunch of people below me and hope a few of them pan out. So big setup, but let's kind of rewind and like talk about that evolution. Are there key inflection points like aha? It's like walk through that kind of the what led to that growth there. A lot of things. I think number one is building a vision for the company, you know, a three to five year vision, which you guys helped us build our vision manifesto. It's having shared messaging above and beyond, hey, I'm a financial advisor and I offer holistic financial planning. I mean, who doesn't say that today? So having, <laughs> right. you know, working with Chris Smith and having that distinct message that really differentiates us from everyone else. It's, I think probably the biggest thing is focusing on our team and really having a culture where everyone feels like they're a part of the vision. I think like Christy mentioned Enneagram and I could tell you being more than an advisor, being a leader and hiring and training leaders and people owning their roles 
because, you know, in the beginning of 2016, when we decided to be independent, we had that advisor in charge model where everybody would come to me and ask me questions and I would just shoot out answers and I would, you know, it was just whatever idea of the day worked, we were going to try to implement as fast as fast as we can, but really funneling everything through the team, focusing on the team, giving the team, again, that culture, that environment where they feel empowered, where they feel like I look back in when we started our career, there was no culture. And now I now see why we was grind culture. We ran through people like left and right where now it's like, is the mindset is completely different. So yeah, that's my, when you say evolution, a big part of why we went from our agency to just David and I, and then really the decision to continue to grow the office. I don't know that it was a decision as much as it started to happen and we were enjoying it again, but we made a very strategic, like looked at each other and said, I don't want to do this anymore. We were exhausted in that stacked Mm -hmm. environment. We were exhausted being the agent, the uh, advisor in charge, so to speak, exhausted by you have situations where people are like, ah, I could do what you do. See you later. Mm-hmm. Because whether or not it's a difficult thing that you're doing, people see it from the outside. So it looks easy and people tend to believe they can do it, which is great. And which can be really challenging and frustrating as well. So that was a, that was something we really decided upon. And we were like, we are never going to have agents again. Like we do mm-hmm. not have agents. We can do fine in this space with you and I, and we had another gentleman that was part of our team in a support role and just being really simple. Cause we were like, Hey, we want to choose happiness and peace over, uh, we have this big team and this business is building because it wasn't building. Well, at that point we didn't realize that it was like, well, it's not just, it's that it's not building correctly. Right. So it wasn't that it, yeah. was building, it wasn't building correctly and it, and not to make a biblical reference, but a house built on sand. We all know what happens to it. And really at some point, like, you know, you're just heavy lifting and heavy lifting and heavy lifting. And again, it's like, just put it down. And I think that's what we decided to do. And then as we had more success, met different people, got different nuggets, pulled from different people's experience and knowledge, we started to grow and it started to become easier. I mean, and we still have a lot of challenges. But a huge part of that happened with meeting you guys because of what you guys have shared from a business development perspective. And I love to mention to people that, or and say it in front of you guys, and it's a great reminder, our first meeting with you guys, I was like, yeah, they must have some really awesome marketing. And I'm really excited about going and seeing what they're doing on marketing. And when we left and David's like, what did you think? And I was like, I don't really give a crap about their marketing, business development. That's where it's at. That's what we need. So plugging that in was huge. But again, getting back to the the evolution thing, we were just exhausted Mm -hmm. and threw in the towel in some regards, not for ourselves, but that kind of dream of having an office or a big office or that like uh, rich dad, poor dad getting away from that environment. We were just like, "Eh, we just don't want to do it anymore. So it's almost kind of funny that we're here now. I think that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. There's a lot of lessons there. And first off, I appreciate all the credit and you all have been awesome 
Christy, you sent an email the other day. You need to be a professional email writer because <laughs> it was like, there was like space, three spaces between each word. Oh, did you like see all, I did. And it made, it made our team's day. And <laughs> it was something about a long hug with like seven O's. And so anyway, oh, yeah, I'm like, uh, then you're going to yeah. be like, this is awkward. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, I, I appreciate all the praise. But one of the things I can say from a decade and a half of doing this, there's delivering the content and the frameworks. And then there's the hard work of putting them into place and changing, being open to change, challenging your own thoughts. As Dan Sullivan says, thinking about your own thinking. And what you just hit, both of you, I don't know how many times I've heard over the years, you said throwing the towel, Christy. Oh, man, I'm tired of managing people. I'm just going to lifestyle it out. You know, like I went there, I hit burnout. It was chaos. I would train my competition. I had this headache of personnel. And so, you know what? I'm downsizing and it's just going to be a small team and we're just going to lifestyle it and like life again. But you also hit, and this is why you guys are triad scholar of the year last year, by the way, because you've been so incredibly coachable and you're like using our terms. You're like advisor in charge model. And um, (laughs) the cool thing is you were just building with the wrong blueprints, kind of the old school agency model where it was all the constraint was you, all of that was on you versus developing a team, empowering a team, creating career tracks inside your firm. And you said kind of this light bulb moment went off business development. Our industry is, if I hear another shiny marketing object thrown around on emails or webinars or Facebook ads, that is not the answer. Yeah. Half the time you ask an advisor, hey, how are you different from the competition down the street? They don't even know. It's like they start listing their services off. Oh, well, we've got great service. You know, where people really like and trust us. Like, no, that's not a differentiating factor. Yeah. And so I just, there's so much there that you hit on, but it's a testament to you all being incredible students and being open to just, just challenging the thoughts you had before and exploring a new way. Does that spur any additional thoughts or ideas? Just kind of how you, how did you shift that? Like, cause that takes trust and that takes going to the unknown and the fearful place that is often scary. And I've seen advisors tiptoe out and then like, Oh, that didn't work. And then they run the other way back to the old way. How did, how did you all process through that? Yeah. I would say that like meeting you guys and finding people that are really authentic because we've worked with, three different market you would want to call market. I know there's some bad words we don't want to say marketing agencies or we uh, we can we can say it on so that so there's in our industry those that are in it will now field marketing organization which is a bad word at triad because we're a business development company yes. to your point. But yes, we are. Uh, yeah so go ahead though. Yeah so so really finding coaches right coming and visiting you guys real authentic individuals like Christy is our she's the soul of the company. Like she's I wouldn't say that. I'm more like mama bear. Like I'm a gatekeeper. Like, tell me why I should trust you. And then tell me again. And then I'm not going to trust you and talk to me in three months and tell me again. (laughs) Well, this, this is why you and my wife, Sarah get along because (laughs) Sarah on the Enneagram, she's an Enneagram six, which is known as the loyal skeptic. So you, that might be a little bit of you too, Christy. You know, (laughs) you're like, like, yeah, you mentioned that in something recently. And I was like, bing, 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 bing. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, which so is great we, because David's hitting the gas. You're kind of tapping the brake and saying, "Hey, let's make sure this is like it checks out." That's it. Your differences are a strength there. That's that's a really cool dynamic. But your guys' approach, like we've seen and heard it all. Like we've been, we have, we've oh my seen God. it all, and everyone else is the same. When we came out to you guys, you kind of knew that the story of burnout, how to take difference of success and significance, and and really having a business that blesses your life and not controls it. And we've lived that. Like we've made plenty of money, but we had no time to spend it, or wasn't it? You know, if we stopped working, then there was no revenue. So we really wanted to find people that can coach us to build a business. You know, Jim Collins wrote a great book, Built to Last: Successful Habits of Visionaries. And I read that book years ago. And when I came and visited you guys, I felt when we left there, I'm like, these are the guys that can help us build a business to last that's bigger than us. And it just felt good. It was authentic. You know, I like to jump in. Like you said, I am all gas. I like to jump into things quickly and implement it. Because that same week, we interviewed another organization and they led with marketing and China. You know, they took us out to, they put us in a nice hotel. They did all the things that, you know, normally that you see talking to us about that. Yeah, if you come work for us, we'll, you'll get two nice trips a year. I'm like, I can go on my own trips. You know, I want to really build a business and really impact people's lives, our clients' lives, our team members' lives that last well beyond, you know, our tenure in the business. And you guys, have, I would say, you always say you want to under, you know, under promise, over delivered. You guys have over delivered in every single area. And it's not even close. Well, I appreciate that. And by the way, one of the things around here, we always check our egos at the door. We're always open to feedback. I remember early on in the relationship, I don't remember the exact scenario, but I remember there was some feedback and Christy, you you delivered it in a kind way. And I'm like, thank you. We got better today. We got better. That was a gap. That was a blind spot. And you're right. You know, as a startup, there's a lot of gaps. Trust me, there's a lot of gaps that first year. And uh, I just, in partnership, which is, we're not trying to be a brokerage firm that works with everyone. We're trying to develop true, deep partnerships where it's mutually beneficial, where we can have a deep impact and, and do business and do life with people that selfishly, I want to surround myself and my kids with. And in partnership, whether it's marriage, whether it's business, I've just always found that starts with open communication and transparent communication. And that's one of the things I love about the two of you. You've always been willing to deliver that, but it's not from a place of you suck at this. It's from a place of, hey, Sometimes it is. <laughs> well, you know, we all behind closed doors. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I just want to be honest. If anybody's watching this, they'd be like, oh yeah, I know that happens. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say like, you mentioned about like just the transition. And I always feel like so much of it just happened in the sense that David and I never really sat down and were like, okay, we're going to continue to build this and we're going to add an advisor. In fact, I'd have to sit and remember for a minute how we decided to hire for Max's position because he was the first support like advisor to David and he's the full advisor with us now. So I can't really remember where that conversation started, but I always revert back to the whole like David was ready to run through a brick wall and I'll laugh with David and say, like, like he's the caveman who's like, I'm going to run through the brick wall. And then, like, ah, he's pulling me by the ponytail. That's a lot. That is just, like, such a theme in so many things that have happened. And the hard work has brought us there. So I know that there's that. And 
we should take a little bit of credit for that. But I think some of our relationship with you guys, a lot of the positive impact it's had on our professional and personal life has come from your intention of what you came to build. And I know for me, at least, that's been inspiring to focus on the intention of what we want to build here. I'm a big person. I want to help everybody. You know, I don't care what it is. Do you need me to come help you unclog your toilet? Or do you want me to come do something fabulous with you? Although I'm not really good at the fabulous stuff, but feeling your intention have the impact along with all of the strategic things that you bring to the table, our willingness to learn and implement it. And then us just seeing that and taking that and duplicating that in our own business in our own way with our own intention. I just feel like that's where everything starts. You know, if your intention is right in the first place, everything tends to blossom from that point. If you're adding in all the other factors, right? The physical work, the mental willingness and all that good stuff. So when I think of that whole transition process for us, it's like David being so hardcore, me just being like, okay, let's go. And then this beautiful intention and care that was brought to the table for us that we've learned so much for and added and like, oh my God, we're continuing to grow. Okay. So I want to circle back here. I was taking a few notes. You threw out a number of things. You threw out vision. You threw out a distinct message. Obviously, we love Chris Smith around here. He's done a lot of work inside of our triad community. He threw out Enneagram. Ian Cron, I know you were, were at an experience with him. Leader versus advisor. That's kind of a mindset shift, really. And you mentioned the advisor in charge model. Let's go to, because you're kind of hitting all over this, Christy. I was actually just on a, a Zoom call last night. Sarah and I were on and Chris and Melissa Smith, so Chris's wife, Melissa, they run something called Family Brand, which is actually taking a lot of that work that we've utilized inside of businesses and applying it to your family. Like, how do you create that same intention with your family? So I'll let you know, we've only been on call once, so I'll I'll share openly, but it's already been amazing. But one of the things that came out of last night's call are the most fundamental form of creation that humans have are words and language. Because if you think of everything that's come to be, a human had to tell a story that got somebody else to believe in that. So, hey, here, let's build a city together. Like everything stems from that. And what I just dissecting a bit of what you're saying is you got really intentional about who you wanted to be, the vision, how you message that vision to your internal team that creates the culture to the prospects externally that are like, wait, this is how BAM, your firm, is different from the 50 other firms that are, you know, on this block here. So let's just like dive a little deep there and who, whichever the two of you wants to jump in, how has that played out? And if you've got any like phrases or before and afters, I'd love to just hear your thoughts behind that. Yeah. You know, the the messaging to me is really like, if you were to ask us, you know, what is your differentiators? We're unapologetically authentic. We will show up in your life the same way that we show up, you know, in our own. I've said it a million times. Max has said it a million times. And when you see the impact on a prospect's face, when they go, wow, I've never heard that. You can kind of see them relax. You can kind of see them lean into that a little bit. You're like, well, you know, this is a little bit different, but I think like the messaging to me is really 
it, it really explains to a prospect, you know, above and beyond, look, you're going to get a great financial plan, right? You can walk down the street and you can talk to 100 different firms. But really what you're going to get a firm, what we're really going to get from us, besides being, you know, unapologetically authentic, you know, we're going to maximize the one thing that money can't buy and you can't get back, which is your time. That's really all that prospects care about. I don't really think they really care about, you know, what stock to own or what annuity to have or what portfolio or what life insurance. They just want to know that they they can spend time with their loved ones because we're taking care of the major decisions. And I just think it really, the, the messaging to me is just really relaxed. Not only the people that come into our office, because, you know, we talk about it in the seminar, we're repeating it in meeting one, meeting two, meeting three, and all their reviews. We had a client come in yesterday who's unfortunately her husband passed away last year unexpectedly, got cancer. And this was the first time we've been working with Chris, I think probably six or seven months. But really, we started really implementing the messaging, I would really say about four or five months ago, where we're like holding everyone accountable. And she said to me in the meeting, she's like, you know, you all have meant so much to us. You really protected my time and energy. And when she said that, I was like, I can't believe it. We had our client, our first client say that. And that to me now is when you have your clients repeat your messaging, your clients will believe in you when they know that you believe in what you do. And people are, look, man, people are very in tune with, I mean, you can go to a hundred different seminars within, you know, 30 mile radius. So you got to have a differentiator. And if you don't have your own unique brand messaging, I mean, we're talking about in our business, then I think you're just, you know, unfortunately you're, you're a commodity like a lot of other advisors out there. So I'll kind of jump in a little bit there. I had kind of a, sometimes I have like a get a mic and get on a mountain kind of a moment. And I had it with our team the other day because we were kind of harping on memorizing the the messaging. And first and foremost, what's so cool about the messaging is that you guys pulled that out of us. So it's truly authentic to who we are as individuals in terms of being unapologetically authentic and showing up in, you know, our client's life, like we show up in our own. That's definitely who I am 150%. And so there was kind of a a tone of like, you have to memorize it. You have to memorize it. You have to memorize it. And I was like, wait a minute, you have to be it. Like you have to be it, right? Because you can say it, but if you're not actively being who you say you are, there's an opportunity for a breakdown as well. So yeah, I love it because it came from us. That's my message with our team is like, we have to be this. This is who we are. And honestly, it's a it's a freaking awesome thing to be. To I'm like Bible reference, do unto others as you would to yourself. And we've all not done that at times, myself included. But like that's pretty much I hit on that. Except for when I'm ripping on a framey. AKA <laughs> the other guy on here is that what you <laughs> I have those moments. But that's just it's so important to be it. It's so important to be it. Okay, let's let's hit the pause button there. So that is a magical moment. I want to go back to what David said, and then I want to go to what you said, Christy. It's a magical thing when you message something that's truly authentic to you and it resonates with the people you help. And then they're like, thank you. Yes. That's back to being a leader versus being an advisor. An advisor's like, hey, here's the stock of the day. A leader's like, I'm going to hold you accountable to this financial plan 
that gets you one where you want to go and protects that time, right? That that is so important to you. That's our finite resource that we all have the same amount of on a daily basis. One of my mentors once said, when you're tired of saying that thing, you're 50% there. And so I think that's the thing I've seen in finance is it's, we are a, unfortunately a shiny object industry where it's like, here's the trainer of the day. You know, you go to the conference, they hit the keynote, you're like, oh, that was good. You scribble it down and you run with it for like a month. And then you go to the next conference and then you run with the next thing. And what you guys went that I want to call out is you went deep. You went an inch wide, a mile deep, and you lived it and you became it versus, oh, let's go this way today and that day tomorrow. And that's the power of it. But that's the hard part because we get bored with stuff. So what was the discipline? I know we helped obviously extract it. And obviously we do everything we can to package it, to make it as accessible for you all and your team. But is there anything that just helped? Because if there's another advisor out there that's kind of like done the whole like, hey, I do this today and that tomorrow and then the next thing. Was there anything that changed in you all or was it just, no, this resonated because it was just core to who we were? I would it's say I like, want to be. The, the amount of, like your guys' message hasn't, like I'm going to be real, real honest here. Like, because, you know, you go work with an, a marketing organization and they say one thing and you go visit them every six months or three months and they, you know, they say something else. I was like, I wonder if their their messaging is going to change. You know, I wonder if, you know, what Brad and Sean and then Kristen and Nick, I mean, what has still blown me away is that you guys are, I mean, as much success that you've had, I mean, I was, or we were, sorry, BAM was hired as office number 13. I think you guys are right, right around 50, 50 plus or whatever it is in a, we call it lucky 13 around here. <laughs> lucky 13, but from going from 13 to 50 and as much people that you work with, your guys' messaging hasn't changed one bit. Talking about being authentically yourselves, I mean, you guys are still those those two guys that I met, you know, yeah. in a humid, well, actually it wasn't too humid in Kansas, beautiful downtown Lawrence with your wonderful wives. I mean, you guys are still the guys that that we met. And I think, and then on top of that, all the education that you brought us. So I just wrote, I just, Listen to episode 19 on DVDL, and I read the, um, so we're at a, a very monumental moment here at BAM Advisory Group. We're about to hit 100 million under management, so I read the road to 100 million, mm-hmm. and I would say, like, out of the, the key factors, build an incredible team, do that one thing really well, you know, have a marketing machine. I mean, since we've joined you guys, I mean, I feel like we're hitting now. We still have a long ways to go. We still have challenges. This isn't this isn't perfect, ladies and gentlemen. We still have storms that we're working through. The key thing is that we know how to we recognize the storm early and we know how to get out of it quicker. And it's just those, you know, those business development coaching moments that we get with you all. Where before I would have to call my marketer and it would be more reactive, where you all are so proactive. I could bring anything to Nick or to Ryan or to you or to Sean and you guys have been it. And, and I'll tell you one major thing that you've helped me with because I'm a pretty emotional guy. I don't really have a high um, EQ. EQ. You have taught me to be calm and confident. Leaders mm-hmm. need to be calm and confident. So when I'm about to go into a, a meeting or something happened here, I just think, okay, calm and confident. I'll tell you what, that in itself 
has done amazing things for us. I'm still learning. I'm still, I still have my moments, but yeah, a lot of those things have just been so impactful that we're, we'll be forever grateful. That in the, being an entrepreneur is like, it can be really lonely. And you do feel like you're the only one too. Like, am I, am I, am I the only one who's screwing up in this area? Am I I the only one who doesn't know what to do? Am I the only one who's waking up at 2 AM in the morning with like eight things going through my head and worrying Mm. about it all? And Uh, you're not, I know, but you know what? It's comforting, right? Cause you say just like starting this podcast, like be authentic, show up as yourselves. And so when you have a community of people who do that, everybody just goes, I'm not the only one. And then there's, and then, and then there's, of course, the learning from each other, right? Well, this is what I do. And this is what I do. And this is what I do. And taking all these little nuggets and figuring out what fits for your situation or what works for how you like to do things or trying a couple of different things and being like, yeah, that worked or this one didn't. Um, but the peace of mind that you get from just sharing those experiences, because when you are an entrepreneur, oftentimes you don't have you know, I worked for the company I worked for when we were having our babies was a large corporation. So we got, we were brought into, brought to corporate headquarters and had all these massive trainings and all these things going on. And I never thought about the fact that we weren't going to have any of that. David and Christy with two kids moving to Colorado to start our financial advisory firm. You don't think about those things. Um, I think about that more now, being that we have that again through you guys. But yeah, it can be really lonely, right? And who do you go to mentorship? And I never really thought about, I kind of laugh when I hear some of the other offices talk about who they've hired prior to coming aboard with Triad or whatever um, to help them along the way. And I was like, geez, I never even thought about that. You know, but a lot of entrepreneurs don't have access to that and, and and also don't really know that that exists outside of themselves or outside of like a large corporation that has that all put together. Yeah, so true. And I just realized we missed a big piece of this origin story. So I want to circle back. Mm-hmm. At what point did David put together the sales pitch to bring you into the game <laughs> on the right. business side? I mean, honestly, sometimes I think back on that and I'm like, um, no, you know, he was just, um, he was like, I don't want to be gone at night anymore. You know, he was predominantly gone between, well, he was gone a ton, but he definitely was gone from like 6 PM till sometimes 11 PM. There were several times when I would talk to him and I was like, dude, you sound groggy. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, I went to my five o'clock and then my 6.30 canceled, but I have a 7.30 that's not far. So I pulled along the side of the road and took a nap. And uh, so it was maybe a year and a half or how many how many years into the business? Three years into the business, I think, that we had Ty. And he was just like, dude, I do not want to be gone this much. Like, I want to be around my kids. And so I either quit and I find a different job and you go back to work, which... I had quit my full-time job, but I was actually recruiting in the office where David worked. So that helped us when we came out here because I did all of our recruiting for our office when we moved out here. Yeah. So 2004, I had the, I made this, I had the sales pitch and said, Hey, Christy, oh yeah, we're having our second baby. Let's retire you from the corporate world. 
Christy actually had some experience doing internet sales for a while for a small company. So she was, you know, I said, why don't you just recruit? And, and you know, Christy was, hey, this is how we're going to build our business. So she got about, I think it was nine months worth of experience. And then after that, we decided, let's go do this in Colorado. Let's build our own agency. Yeah. So Christy did a multitude of things, recruiting, operations, business processing. And, and who would I, who would I trust more than my wife. No, I couldn't pay anyone enough. Money. You know, she's going to do a way better job than anyone that I could go hire and pay. Yeah. But ultimately he was just like, I don't want to be away from my kids. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, I can, I'm definitely, well, I mean, you're not a fighter without being a lover. So obviously I'm both, but I'm very much a soldier. I'm like, let's do it. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> But he said, I, uh, he's like, okay, you know, let's do it. And we started looking around at places. And quite honestly, we hadn't really thought much about the business aspect of it. But we came to Colorado. We found a house that I really fell in love with because it was an old house, brick, like. And so we put a down payment on it. And literally, we signed our names to the down payment. And I called my mom and I was like, well, we're moving to Colorado and uh, we're starting a business. And that was it. And this was 2005, January of 2005. And then we moved in June of 2005. Like for the most part, there wasn't a lot of planning for the business. It was putting the down payment on the house was, was, that was like the move that was like, okay, we are starting the business because we're moving. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, I want to shift here because you are the first husband wife team. Um, from a triad member spotlight to come on the show. And we've kind of, we've danced all around it. I love your guys' dynamic because you always keep it real. You you kind of, you know, you, you're like Sarah and I, you're, you love each other, but you, you throw a couple jabs every once in a while, you know, but let's talk about the dynamic of where this is the do business, do life show, right? And we've talked about do business and the dynamic there inside of the business and how that came to be and, and that. The do life side, let's talk about that because one of the struggles I see is um, sometimes that's really tough to separate those two. And, and it can be almost sometimes unhealthy where like, you know, you're talking business over dinner. So do you have any tips for husband and wife teams? There's a ton of father, son, father, daughter, some, some mom, son, mom, daughter teams. But if you were just going to give advice to the family dynamic and how that works in both business and life and to maintain like a healthy balance and boundaries, any tips or even mistakes you've made along the way that others can learn from? Yeah, I would say for any husband and wife team, read Rocket Fuel. Oh, yeah, that would have helped. The Enneagram test and Rocket Fuel. (laughs) I would say definitely, I mean, I think we've repeated some of this. Do the Enneagram, know your know your partner's number because you got to know like the healthy side and then the unhealthy side. I mean, I've always been one to make sure that I was there for my kids. You know, I would say that initially when we started our business, I had a lifestyle practice because one of the reasons I'm like, if I'm going to leave California and come to a, at that time, a small town like Colorado, Denver was smaller 20 years ago. I want to be at every practice. I want to be at every birthday. I want to do everything. But I I would say now for Christy and I, this is the hardest part of the business because we're both so passionate. We're, you know, this is our baby. I think it's us letting go and and having less control of the business. The more we do that, 
And the better we hire and the better we train and the better we empower our team, having a better team is allowing us to become better leaders. It's still a work in progress. Um, but besides reading that book, besides taking the Enneagram, I would just say, you know, you've got to, there's a time, there's a point in time in the business where you got to let go of the controls. And I think you got to find a happy medium. Like I'm work hard, play hard, you know, Christie's an Enneagram one. So like work comes before play me, I'm ready to play when I feel like the work is done and we have still trying to find that sweet spot. But yeah, it's definitely a work in progress, man. It's definitely something we don't have down. I think we're just scratching the surface on really to have that balance where we come home and it's like, okay, let's not even, please, let's don't bring up work. Please, please, let's not talk about it. Yeah. Um, Christy, what are are your thoughts? Well, yeah, we can say that now, right? Because I don't know, did the Enneagram exist? Maybe it did. We had no idea it did. And Rocket Fuel, when was that book written? Um, So for people now, absolutely do that. And I think that plays into so many aspects of life, right? Understanding just who the other person is. I don't think David and I had a clue who each other were when we met or when we moved in together or when we had a baby or when we got married. We've learned along the way. And then things, some of the growth that has come from having challenging times, talking to friends, talking to family, therapy, Enneagram with you, reading books, um, learning actually too about yourself. Because I've said for myself, the most impactful thing for me about the Enneagram was understanding who I was in that space when I was in an unhealthy space. And I'm like, ugh. I don't want to be that self-awareness. I think you guys have spoken a lot about self-awareness. A lot of the themes have been a lot about self-awareness. So I think the combination of being self-aware and understanding your partner, whether that's your spouse or just your business partner, that's huge, right? Because you're getting a little bit of an insight into their mind and like their heart and their soul. Because you never know how someone's going to interpret something. We think we know how they're going to take it, but we say it one way and they take it a total different way. And so understanding how that person operates, how they digest information, then you understand a little bit more about how to communicate it, which helps everything. And if I could make one more point, and I forgot to mention this, is that Christy and I are working every day to make sure we are aligned in our decision making. I would think. Like I have a bad habit of just coming in and going blah (laughs) versus meeting with Christy, being aligned, being, you know, checking my ego out the door. So one of the things that's helped us, here's a tidbit is that we were meeting more, but yeah, up up until a couple of years ago, we were only meeting once a month trying to run this business. Now we're meeting at least once a week and we're implementing getting out of the office. I just got to drag her out of the office getting out of the office one Friday a month for like three or four hours to work on our big rocks. But for any husband, wife, father, dad, or just any integrator and visionary, let's call them that. If you are not aligned, your team is, your team is going to be off balance. So good. We need to pull that last five minutes and just any husband, wife team, such good advice there. I mean, any team in general, but I just think the difference between a husband, wife team is, when you leave the office, it doesn't stop, right? So if there's a disconnect at the office, now it just carries right into your home life. And the self-awareness, I'll tell you, I heard it said one time, and you know we're all parents on here, 
it's actually not that different. Your team craves the same thing your children do, which is a unified, safe environment where mom and dad are on the same page and like your mom and dad at home and at the office, right? And if you're not all on the same page, I remember Sean and I in the early um, triad, I mean, we were just getting pummeled, bombarded with body blows every day, right? I mean, we had a team of three, five, and we're trying to compete with teams of thousands out there in some of the larger organizations. And I remember the advice from Michael Hyatt. We were doing a coaching session. He said, your differences are your strengths. So just because you see the world differently, there's, you can allow that to create friction. But if you actually step back and are self-aware, you're like, wait, there's a different angle that my partner's viewing this from. That's actually a complete blind spot I can't see. And if I embrace it and listen and seek to understand, that's a massive benefit. Although in the, in the communication styles, it doesn't always feel that way. So then you do that. And our other struggle, which Enneagram helped a ton there, was we were, we were so busy doing and working in the business, we couldn't connect and work on the business. And so his advice to us, when we were going through a tough time, Sean, if you're listening, you'll, you'll agree, I know. Mm-hmm. But at one point, we met three times a week, 100% truth. We were so disconnected. We loved each other like brothers, but we didn't like each other on a daily basis, right? Like we were, we were hitting <laughs> some of this. And Michael asked us, he said, how frequently are you as founders, you know, getting together? And we're like, oh, it's been a few weeks. And he goes, you need to ramp up your cadence of communication. He's like, you, you have to be aligned. And if you're not aligned, then your team can't be aligned. And so we literally ramped it to three times a week. I mean, a little, you know, one hour sprint. And I'll tell you, that was a massive shift in just our communication coming together as partners. So I love the, the communication tip. And I've experienced the exact same thing on our side. So yeah, such, I mean, David- such good advice. David's definitely going to be like, ha, ha, ha. But yeah, um, the meetings are, because I'm always like, dude, I just, I just let me work. I'm like, I hate you. like, I got stuff to do. Like, like I got like stuff to do. Everybody wants time. to yeah. meet and dude, I just want to like get behind my desk and handle business. No, the meetings are great. And the other thing that I'm finding for myself that's really cool and probably David as well is we never really had much of an opportunity to work on the business and working on the business is really fun mm. to me anyway. I'm sure to David yeah. as well. I've never considered myself much of a visionary, but I, I feel like, oh yeah, you know, you do have some good ideas and oh yeah, that is along the vision side of things. Um, getting the opportunity to do that is actually, it's, it's increasing the appetite, which then I say, okay, well we have to meet more because I got to tell a bunch of people what to do so that I can mm-hmm. eat this little beast that's growing over here. <laughs> Hey, Christy, every once in a while, us husbands have a good idea. I mean, it's not very frequent, but every once in a while we do. (laughs) I am enjoying the meeting more. I am. And it's having a positive impact on a variety of ways. This is recorded, right? Yeah. Hey, we can play Um, this back. But hey, do not weaponize this podcast. That's not smart. Don't do it. No, I'm not. Uh, uh, um, Well... Let's, um, I know we're, we're towards the end here of our time. Um, before we get to the final question, any other, uh, just thoughts, you know, as, as far as the evolution in your business, the, the growth, the empowering the team, we've touched on all kinds of topics here, but any closing thoughts before we get to the final question? Mm. Um, you know, I think when you're building a team, hire slow, 
deal with things that happen in the moment. I think one of the troubles we had building our team is that when something would pop up that Christy and I knew was not aligned with our vision and our culture, we would just we'll deal with it. Later. I would say ignore it, deal with it later, just because we're like, hey, we're too busy or I have too many appointments. So you know, you guys have tell you what, man, if I can add another gem to how you guys have helped us, you guys have dealt helped us with office conflict like surgeons. Because before I was never calm and confident. I would just come in like a wrecking ball and just the result was always bad versus, you know, you guys actually gave us a framework, which now we just finished up all of our reviews and our reviews are like the team's looking forward to them because it's so positive and it's, you know, open and honest feedback. And, you know, where do you want to be in six months? If you, if we could change anything or how do you want to advance in the company? I would just say, you know, communicating the leaders are aligned. And then you communicate at a high level with your team and, and provide them with feedback. Then I think just that alone is going to help you build an amazing business that you will be proud of and um, just love to come to work every day. If that's kind of you know what your goals are. I remember that conversation driving home. I, w- I don't remember what was happening that night. I just remember <laughs> I was... I was pulling into Silver Lake High School's parking lot. So it could have been one of Sarah's volleyball games. And we were on, uh, all three of us on a call. And oftentimes, the, the cool thing with clarity, when you have an uh, unknown, then it's all these anxieties pop up. And of, of course, like this, that's been one of my biggest learnings as an entrepreneur. I ran a small sales team in my prior life. I had zero drama for, I mean, a decade and a half. I mean, I'm sure there were a couple little mini ones, but I was like zero drama. And then you exponentially increase. We have almost 60 team members now here at Triad. Like more people means more interactions, more different personality types. And guess what? That comes sometimes with conflict as all humans have. And so one of the things I've just learned to embrace is it's just part of what you signed up for as an entrepreneur. But now what are the frameworks for clear communication where you can lean in, have tough conversations, but back to being authentic and real, that's what team members want too. You know, they want real, they want authentic. And what I've found is when you just lean in and you have the proper framework, that's honestly to help them see blind spots they might not realize, level up, grow professionally and personally, potentially. It actually doesn't have to be this ugly, dreaded review that like all this no. corporate politics of making crap up that nobody believes. It can actually be a real human conversation. And who doesn't want that in their career? And so I just remember that conversation. Testament to you once again, like at Triad, we didn't want to create BS awards that at the end of the year parade across the stage and get recognized for you know whatever. So we created this year a Scholar of the Year Award. And the two of you were the benefactors. And it's so clear after this conversation why. Like, you listen, you put in the work, you study it, and the results show. And it's just so awesome to hear. And I just want to give you all a public shout out that, yes, I appreciate all the love and the frameworks. But guess what? There's a lot of advisors in my career, as long as I've been doing this. They got many of the same frameworks that you're sharing, but they didn't put them into action. Um, They didn't do the hard work. They didn't lean in. And so uh, testament to you all. And it's, it's awesome. Like this is like the most fun I have because it's just like, 
the most amazing vibe of like great humans get together that want to level up in business and life and like, let's go. Like, you know, we'll, we'll all figure it out together. So super grateful to have you in the triad community. And you know what I have to end with. So um, when it comes to doing business and doing life, I would love to hear the Aframes definition of that. And you can, you know, however you want to divide and conquer that, go for it. Well, first and foremost, it's a business that blesses our life. And and it's more than just financially, right? It's, it's having an impact in, in so many different ways. And if I break up, do business, do life, doing business is with people that you actually like and you care about where in the past, I think it was all motivational or it was all financially incentives where you do business with people. But when I think about like Kristen Shea, who is like the the most responsible for us to be here and is just an amazing human and a wonderful woman. Of course, you and Sean as leaders of the company, like I literally love to hang out with you guys, have beers and talk. Yeah, well, I'm gonna if I if I have 10 minutes of your time, I might ask a question, but let's talk about life. Let's talk about mm. sports. You know, you guys are Chiefs fans, which I don't really like. So we could talk a little bit. I was wondering how long it would take for that to come <laughs> So doing business with people that you really enjoy and care about, and then doing life is enjoy is being able to enjoy all the precious moments with the people that you love the most and be there for them. Like one of our core messages uh, in our brand manifesto is the true outcome of our work is maximizing the one thing that money can't buy and that none of us have enough of is your time. We've experienced, you know, Chrissy's experienced losing a loved one in a very quick time and too early in their lives. And, you know, we're blessed to be able to have business partners who encourage us to enjoy our life, but give us the framework to where we're still growing our business. Like I'm enjoying more of the things that I love to do personally, which is mountain biking or like last year was our first full year with you. I went to, I took the boys to three Warriors playoff championship games. But when I left to do it, I wasn't worried about the business because I had a team. Revenue was still coming in. I mean, you know, it's just not work-life balance. I think that's a lazy answer to do business, do life, but it's really loving the people that you work with and then blessing the people that you love the most because your business can bless you as well. Christy? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool to be doing business with people that you enjoy hanging out with. It's like, I don't know if I realized there was a concept to that before or if even that was a possibility. So definitely that do business, do life, enjoying the people on a personal level. Like when I think about hanging out with you guys, I'm like, I definitely don't think about talking shop. Or when I talk to Kristen, we talk shop. Well, when I have a moment where I'm like, oh my God, I need your help. You know, we talk shop with you guys. But outside of that, like just really enjoying the person, like a family member is just, it's an amazing dynamic. That's how I like to connect with people anyway. And then for me, And I was thinking about it, actually, David, of course, because he's like my reminder, 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 you know, he's going to ask you at the end of the podcast, DBDL, what does that mean? Have you prepared for that? And then of course I'm like, no. (laughs) So I did start thinking about it last night when he mentioned that to me. And for me right now, I think it's uh, right now and always, I'm always about like doing it. Like I'm going to do the business. I'm going to get in there and work. I'm going to do life. I'm going to be 
chopping down whatever trees I need to for David, for my kids, for my family, for my loved ones. But more so with that is like being super present in those moments because I've spent a lot of time in my moments being somewhere else. And going back to the things that you guys have done for us, when I know there was one time, I think I texted you and I was in California, I think for my nephew's graduation, or I might've texted all three of you or posted it in triad. It was like, I was there 150%. Did I get on my computer a little bit and handle some stuff? Sure. It was like in the morning with my coffee on my brother's couch, freaking beautiful. But in every moment I was there with them, 150%. And the structure and the blueprint that you guys have brought to the table that we have learned and implemented has created those situations. So that is huge for me, right? Not just doing business, doing life, getting in there and doing it, but being in that moment. Because I always say, I'm like, God, there's so much I don't remember. And I was like, well, I was there physically, but I don't think I was there mentally. And when you have a peace of mind with your business, you can leave physically and mentally. And that's something that we previously didn't have a lot of opportunities to do. Even if we left physical, from the physical standpoint, the mental was still there, the worry or the concern or the thinking about. So yeah, being present in the do business, do life. Mm, That's a couple of mic drop answers right there. And I, as an entrepreneur, if any entrepreneur out there that says they haven't done that, where it's almost like an out of body experience where you're sitting there, I've, I've been at, I remember like Sarah called me out at a family dinner. I'm sitting there, I'm present, I'm on time for family dinner, but I am mentally checked out. My mind might as well have still been in the office because I was processing like five things. Yeah. And that right there, that you said it, both of you said it, the confidence in the team. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like as an entrepreneur, how awesome is it that you're creating? a business that creates opportunities for families. It's just such an awesome spot to be in when you empower a team and, and that team empowers you where, where you're able to unplug and be present and create those memories because none of us know how many days on this earth we have left. So I, I just love that. And by the way, like doing business, doing life, we're like two, three weeks away from Tahoe. We were talking earlier Ty and Jordan, both your boys, uh, selfishly, all of my kids, like triad DBDL. I'm like, I don't want to sacrifice. I made so many sacrifices over the years where I left the family behind to go to these business conferences and events. And that's why we don't do events at triad. We do experiences and experiences are with people you love hanging out, doing business, doing life. So I'm excited for my kids to hang with your kids that you got the the CrossFitter, I promise my 13-year-old's going to look up. He's like, man, he's uh, he sure is going a little harder in that workout. I better too. So, so, uh, Jordan is like David. That. He's running through brick walls too. That kid is crazy. <laughs> well, he's going to see a world-class CrossFitter in Jason Kalipa. So he's going to see if, if he wants to, depending on how far he wants to go up in the CrossFitting world, they'll be exposed to uh, a guy that made it all the way to the top. So I'm excited for that. So, well, with that... This has been an awesome conversation. Thanks so much for for carving out the time and and openly sharing and and giving your all as you always do. And we'll see you here in a couple of weeks out in Tahoe. So excited for that. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. See y'all. Thanks for checking out this week's show. On to this week's featured review. It comes to us from Apple user Epic. 
V-Ball 15. Great show, five stars. I've been a fan since the Elite Advisor Blueprint days. In fact, I've still got episodes saved on my phone to listen to. Brad asks great questions to his guests, and there's a takeaway you can either implement right away or that will help shift your perspective as you're growing your practice. The Chris Smith episodes are fantastic, by the way. Glad Brad is back. Well, thank you, Epic Vebal, whoever you are out there. Sounds like I need to connect you with my wife. She's a volleyball coach, so I'm sure you two would hit it off. Yeah, it's really, it's been very fun. Obviously, poured my heart and soul into the old show. I had that for about 80 episodes until I parted ways and really relaunched the new business and the new show, Do Business, Do Life. And it's interesting because I took a lot of what worked from the old show, or at least what I heard feedback on that worked from the old show, and really tried to apply it to the new one. And then also just make a much more intentional pursuit to help you all do business and do life out there. And so we'll continue to do that. Specifically, Chris Smith, He's become a a great friend. It's funny. I was introduced to him on my last podcast as a guest. And it's crazy. That's one of the added benefits of podcasting is you never know what people it's going to bring into your life and how that's going to play out. But Chris is very much with his wife, Melissa, a do business, do life kind of guy. They run another podcast called Family Brand, where they very intentionally talk about how to pursue a life of significance with your family and do it in a very intentional way. So those that haven't checked out that show, promise it's a great listen. My wife and I are definitely subscribers and listen to just about every episode. And so with that, thanks for the kind words and we will catch you all next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Do Business, Do Life podcast. As we wrap, for access to show notes, transcripts, and exclusive content from all of our show's guests, don't forget to visit bradleyjohnson.com forward slash podcast. And before you go, I've got a quick favor to ask. If you're liking the podcast, you can help support the show by leaving your rating and review on iTunes. Not only do we read every single comment, but this will help the show rank and get discovered by new listeners and other financial advisors out there that can benefit from the show. Trust me, it really does help. So thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode. These conversations are intended to provide financial advisors with ideas, strategies, concepts, and tools that could be incorporated into their advisory practice. Advisors are ultimately responsible for ensuring implementation of anything discussed is in accordance with any and all regulatory and compliance responsibilities and obligations.